This is Kong Pham. And this is Samuel Donner. And this is Success Bites, a podcast giving you insights and bites from the lives of the most successful people in the world. We help you learn from their successes so you can achieve success too. Who are we talking about today? England's sweetheart. He actually founded a multinational company called Virgin Group. It's Richard Branson. Richard Branson, indeed. He wasn't always the luscious locked billionaire he is today. In the 1950s, he was just a young buck running amok. What kind of muck does a future billionaire run? Well, let me tell you a story. Okay, go. When Richie Rich was a kid, his aunt was like, hey, I'll give you 10 shillings if you can learn to swim by the end of our vacation. She sounds like the cool aunt. But the vacation came to an end and our man Bran could swim about as well as a quadriplegic elephant. But our boy Branson wouldn't forget his mission. Well, much like an elephant, Bran never forgets. So Bran grabbed his trunks and tried to give it one last go while on the way home from his vacay. Rich saw this little stream and jumped out of his car and into the stream, but he immediately began to sink. But with the promise of a crisp 10 shilling note in his mind, he set his mind on not drowning. And like Titanic in reverse, Richie Rich rose to the surface. Bran succeeded in this moment because he threw himself in a situation where there was risk. He forced himself to succeed because the risk of failure meant drowning. Business lesson one. Throw yourself into risky situations. Channeling Titanic not in reverse, Branson's grades sunk and he nearly failed out of his all-boys school. Yeah, but he was no dummy. He had dyslexia. Dyslexia makes it hard to read, and apparently, you need to read a lot in school. I wouldn't know. I use Sparknotes. Well, in 1960s England, they didn't have Sparknotes, so our boy Branson didn't take a liking to school. So you know what he did? What? He dropped out of school to start... A magazine. Seems like that would be kind of hard with dyslexia. Well, our boy Bran puts the heart in Richard. So he started to put the team together for this magazine. But there were a few problems. They had trouble finding advertising sponsors for a magazine. Run by students. That didn't exist yet. So Bran conducted one of his classic Branson mess arounds. He went up to National Westminster Bank and was like, Hey, Westminster, Lloyd's Bank, your competitor, has just taken out an advertisement. Wouldn't you like to advertise along with Lloyd's? And just like that, he secured the first check for 250 pounds. Bran makes selling ads look like making a cup of tea. And much like a cup of tea, this magazine was hot. Hot off the press. How hot? It sold $8,000 of advertising in edition one. And 50,000 copies were handed out for free. Student Magazine went on to be one of the hottest magazines in the music scene, with exclusive interviews from Keith Richards, Yoko Ono, and John Lennon. So to summarize, Branson was doing terribly in school. And most people would stop right there and think that they suck. But instead, Branson started his own magazine, even though he had absolutely nothing. Some of you guys think that you are disadvantaged in some way, which might be true. But look at Branson. He had dyslexia sucked in school and said, fuck it, I'm going to start a magazine. Business lesson two. Fuck it, start your thing. Branson was doing great, but he wanted to move on and do more. And move on he did to the big city. New York? The New York of the UK. London. London. While he was vibing with the London music scene, he was struck with an idea. What if instead of going to the record store, the record store came to you? So he started a mail order record company called Virgin Mail Order. Why the name Virgin? One of his employees said that they were all virgins in the business. So our boy Branson was like, Yes. yes. And there we go. Virgin was born. Basically, people would send in checks and he would send them discounted records. He found moderate success, but like most virgins, this company eventually got screwed. The year was 1971. The post office went on strike, which means Branson couldn't send his records and people couldn't send their checks. Virgin Records was like a toddler next to an unfenced pool. Dead in the water. Rich needed to think of something and something fast. So he did a quick bit of CPR to the business in the form of setting up their own record store. But unlike other record stores that already existed, Virgin Records would be a place that people could hang out 
share identities and get high. Did they really? Uh, they actually did. Apparently, some of the managers were selling weed and everyone was stoned. My man, Brand. Let's take a moment to appreciate that Branson wanted to do something bigger. So he moved to a big city. Started his crazy idea. And hit a roadblock when the post office closed. But instead of calling it quits, he decided to do something about he it. He entered the extremely competitive space of selling records and thought, I can do this better. And he turns Virgin Records into one of the coolest spots in town to come hang out and buy records. Don't let roadblocks get in your way. Bust right through them. Find solutions. Business lesson three. Burst through the roadblocks. Soon enough, they were spinning decks and getting fat checks. But Rich wanted to think bigger and grow richer. He realized something huge. Running a recording studio and label would be an even more profitable venture than the record store. Bring in that money, Rich. Let me explain how this studio was going to go down. Do it. So rock stars aren't known for their punctuality. Or cleanliness. Or just general put-togetherness. But our boy Bran realized this. But apparently, no one else did. Other recording studios were like, you must come at this exact time and turn in this form. And our boy Bran was like, no, I'm going to find a big, beautiful 17th century mansion so my rock stars can be free. They just book and then go cook up some fire beats. The only thing was the cost. Yeah, apparently 17th century mansions aren't cheap. It was 30,000 pounds. That's half a million pounds or $637,000 quick maths in today's Brand money. Bran didn't have that cold hard cash on hand. But never fear. Bran is here. So unlike most lazy people, Branson found a solution and borrowed some money and he had his aunt remortgage her house. We wouldn't recommend you taking your family's money for risky business endeavors, but the point still stands, he was relentless. But if your family is rich, feel free to take it. After buying the house, he fitted it with with some recording equipment and set up Virgin, Virgin Records. Records. Now he could sign the artists, give them a sweet crib to record, charge them for said crib, publicize and release their records, aka make money off them, and promote all their records through their music shops, aka make that sweet, sweet retail profit margin. So Richard started to look for talent and he found some great artists. The first was Mike Oldfield. Now Mike had some out there music. And our boy Branson was like, do your thing, man. So Mike did his thing and came out with Tubular Bells. It's actually the song from The Exorcist. It's like, do 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 do. And it was 50 minutes long. 50 minutes for one song. But you know what? It was an instant smash. 13 million copies sold. It stayed on the UK top charts for 247 weeks. That's a lot of weeks for those counting at home. So in summary, when Branson has a great idea, instead of sitting on his ass for a year and telling his friends about how he's going to do this awesome idea when things at work aren't so crazy, he actually does it. Business lesson four. Just do it! Although Mike was great, the other artists brought in about as much money as an English degree. Virgin was losing money, so they needed to find a popular band. So like a stripper that wants a raise, they turned to the Sex Pistols, a band that became incredibly popular because of their consistent indecent behavior. So indecent, in fact, that when the Sex Pistols released an album called Never Minds the Bullocks, a store manager was arrested for the public use of the word bullocks. And the police were threatening to injunct the album. Side note for all those non-English English speakers, bullocks is another name for testicles. But also a nickname for priests. And with this knowledge of dual meaning, Branson went to court to fight the law. He called in a witness at the hearing. The prosecutor asked how the witness could be certain that the church would not be offended by the word bullocks, even if it was meant to be a nickname for priests. The witness simply pulled down his collar, revealing a clerical collar. He was a priest. Case dismissed. That a boy brand. Virgin quickly became one of the top six record companies in the world. Not bad for a high school dropout that couldn't read so good. Branson didn't even let the law get in the way of his vision. If Branson can go against the police, then you can overcome your hurdles. And then he slowed down and retired to an island. Business lesson number five. Retired to an island. Psych. 
He bought an island and opened up an airline. Hold up. How did this happen? Well, Branson was getting pretty close to his future wife, Joan, who was in the midst of banana splitting from her husband. Sounds like she was in a tough spot. Well, tough spots are made a little easier when you have a billionaire taking you to private islands. That would definitely cheer me up. Anyway, some random guy asked Branson if he named his company after the Virgin Islands. He said, nah, but that would make a great travel date for my new girl. Richard, being the schemer he is, found out that if you expressed genuine interest in buying an island... They'd put you up in a villa and helicopter you around the islands. So Rich was like, hella yeah. He called up the agent and said, I am the owner of Virgin Music. We need places for our artists to relax and record. Although on the outset, Branson had no intention of buying an island, when they were shown Necker Island, he fell in love with a beautiful landscape. He asked, how much is this island? They said three million pounds. Richard was like, okay, cool. I'll give you 150,000. They promptly kicked Rich's not quite rich enough butt to the curb. But later he found out the island's owner was trying to make a quick sale so he could build another building. Branson upped his offer to 175,000 and they settled on 180000 Branson's a savage. So what's the lesson here? Girls love islands. Buy one and impress your girl. Business lesson six. Girls love islands. So remember how Virgin Records had the Sex Pistols? Wildly popular. But there were other artists that weren't wildly popular. Virgin was running at a 900,000 pound loss. He kept signing new unknown artists, much to the dismay of their financial director. Most people saw this and thought it was a horrible idea. But Branson had a vision that these unknown artists would soon be huge. He was confident he could make it work. Finally, Mr. Finance said that he had had enough of Branson's rash spending. He sold 40% of his stake in Virgin Records to Branson. Bad move, Mr. Finance. Yeah, just as Mr. Finance sold that stake like a common butcher. CDs came onto the scene. These were a big game changer because Virgin could sell their old songs all over again. And guess who came by to save the day? Good old Mike Oldfield. Yep, his first record sold extremely well and Virgin's cash balance was restored. And all the bands that Branson had been signing also started selling. This pushed Virgin to a 2 million pounds profit in 1982. And an 11 million pound profit in 1983. So what's the takeaway here? Sometimes even though everything might be failing and falling to pieces around you, it might be a little bit worthwhile to hold on a little longer. Too bad Mr. Finance had a terrible grip strength. Business lesson seven, hold on longer. In 1983, Branson had over 50 companies. And those companies did everything. He had his eye on everything from filmmaking to air conditioner cleaning. And this system was conditioned to make some fat stacks. More than $17 million in sales. But Branson's whole thing isn't about money. Although he was making bucket loads of it. He was all about creating businesses that he was interested in. If he saw something cool, he said, I'm gonna try that. I think why our boy Brand has been so successful is that he chases interest. Yeah, when you chase interest, passion inevitably follows. And when you're passionate, success is usually around the corner. In 1984, Branson's interest took him around an interesting quarter. Our man Brand had been toying around with that idea of an airline for a while. And like Andy from Toy Story, Branson had been toying around for a bit too long. So when a lawyer asked Branson if he wanted to opt operate a transatlantic airline, he was like, fuck yeah, let's fly. But senior management of Virgin was like, that's not going to fly. But our boy Brand was like, guys, chill. So Branson negotiated a year lease on a plane from Boeing so he could try running commercial flights. Great negotiating for our boy Brand. But he still had to get a permit and do a test flight. While conducting the test flight, the plane flew into a flock of birds. Bye bye, birdie. Hey, 1950s Broadway musical references. The engine exploded. The flight had to be aborted. The plane was uninsured. The first commercial flight was in two days and it needed a license and an engine. That would cost 600,000 pounds to replace the engine. This exceeded Virgin's 3 million pound loan cap from the bank. Virgin was on the brink of bankruptcy. So Branson was like, shit. He thought quickly. And collected about as much money as he could from all his other ventures to fund this new one. And it was just enough to keep Virgin Airways operating. Although this is an extremely risky move, it shows how determined Branson was to achieve his vision. Business lesson eight. Be determined.
But that didn't mean everything was smooth sailing. Branson's airline wasn't the only plane in plane town. There were bad boys already on the block known as... British Airways. He saw British Airways not responding to the needs of people. Branson thought, let my people go wherever they want. Because travel should be affordable and enjoyable. Richie Rich was thinking of the people. Our man Bran. And like the Mother Mary, Virgin gave birth to Virgin Atlantic. It had the whole shebang. Superior services. Lavish amenities. In-flight massages. Hydrotherapy bath. What the heck is that? I have no idea. Even ice cream during movies and seat back video screens. But not everything was massage movies and ice cream baths. In the 1990s, the economy was floundering. Terrorist attacks were ramping up. And British Airways wanted to run Branson out of business. In fact, things were getting so turbulent that he was forced to sell Virgin Records. It generated one billion dollars, which sounds like a lot of money, but he used it all to pay off the bank. Rich was crushed by the sale. Not only did he make barely any money from this venture, he had to give up the business he built from the ground up. He vowed to never be at the mercy of the banks. This led to a new business approach. Dun, 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 dun. Branded, Branded Venture, venture capital. capital. Instead of building every single company from scratch, they would just license the Virgin name for controlling interest. Because of this strategy, Branson now owns more than 200 different companies. Let's list off a few. Two airlines. Virgin Interactive Entertainment. Virgin Radio. Virgin Studios. Virgin Hotels. Virgin Bridal. Virgin Clubs. Virgin Cola. Virgin Publishing. Virgin Vodka. Virgin Net. Virgin Mega store chain. V2, the global record company. And even a blimp business. If there's one thing billionaires love, it's blimps. Even though he had a huge setback in having to sell his company, he used this moment as a learning lesson to set up his new business model, which was even more successful. Now, his most recent business is in space. Yep. Virgin Galactic. He wants to take everyday people to space by next year. So Richard Branson went from a guy who was dyslexic, who couldn't read, to literally sending rockets into space. Dang, that's pretty cool. Business lesson nine. Turn setbacks into successes. So now that you know the story of Richard Branson, what can we learn from him? Here's a quote from Richard Branson himself. He said, if you look at the history of American entrepreneurs, one thing I do know about them an awful lot of them have tried and failed in the past and gone on to do great things. Branson has lived by these words. He failed a lot. A lot of times, Branson almost went out of business. From the troubles of starting Student Magazine to almost bankrupting Virgin Records to nearly having to close his airline before the first flight, Richard Branson had failed many times. But the difference between him and the average person is that he learns from his failures and uses it to his advantage. Failure is an opportunity to see what is not working and fix it. Branson didn't get everything right the first time. He had to work and iterate upon his ideas to find success. It doesn't matter where you start or how disadvantaged you are. Just get started and expect to fail. You might surprise yourself by how much you accomplish. Don't let your fear of failure prevent you from getting started. Instead, use your expectation of failure to get you started sooner. If you follow that advice, you will be able to pave your road to success. If you like this episode and want to hear more, give us feedback or ask a question. Go to jumpcut.com slash success bites. Talk to you soon.